Hi, everybody. Today's April 13, 2022, and we are here together um, for a, another coronavirus conversation. Um, uh, this is Dr. Randy Bach, and today's topic is China. Um, it's a funny thing, you know, you, if you uh, ever try to stop water from boiling, you know, you keep a lid on it, uh, it's not going to work well. You know, you may temporarily be able to uh, keep it from boiling over. Um, but as we saw in 2013 at the Boston Marathon, you know, if you keep something under pressure a long time, it becomes explosive. That was intentional, obviously, those uh, pressure cooker bombs. And China is a pressure cooker. Um, and uh, uh, we're going to discuss what's going on in China uh, currently on uh, this last week. Uh, in Shanghai and I think Shenzhen province, uh, potentially elsewhere. It depends how well the stories get out. So I want to preface uh, today's talk with the, you know, thankfulness and, and gratitude that, that we can have these type of discussions. Uh, if you're coming along casually uh, to watch, uh, I hope you uh, stick around. Um, it's not going to be necessarily the most pleasant uh, set of images, um, but I want to go over them anyway. Um, I had a dream, I don't know, I think I had it more than once, um, but I remember as a, as a kid, I had this dream where I was a, a lion tamer uh, type guy. I had, uh, you know, like the circus whip, and it was a hot, sweltering day, and there was a big cube of ice. Instead of a lion having, to, you know, to be tamed, my job was to keep the light, the ice from melting. And so I remember working so hard. Uh, somehow I was going to cajole the ice uh, from melting by kind of whipping it and keeping it in that solid uh, phase. And uh, I guess it was a vivid dream because I remember it now, uh, decades later, um, too many decades to count, quite almost. Um, but this is, kind of, this is the thing, you know, you, you, you think you can tame something and it's beyond your control. Uh, we've seen this, unfortunately, with COVID, that I think everyone wants to be the ice tamer, uh, the lion tamer, and, uh, you know, a hero of some type by accomplishing basically the impossible. And China uh, has not accomplished this. They, I think, have, have used a fair amount of subterfuge um, and, uh, you know, hiding the, the data and intimidating people from telling the truth, uh, you know, despite Twitter's problems and issues, it remains, you know, as, as a backbone, uh, remains uh, the, the place where people can put out their, uh, their perceptions and their, their records. Uh, they have, we all are, you know, digitized. We have smartphones, oftentimes, which might be smarter than uh, we ourselves, uh, than us ourselves. Um, and the record is there. Uh, it, it's puzzling to me the lack of curiosity that many people have about this. Um, I engage with, you know, various uh, acquaintances and friends and, you know, they're kind of on the professional level, uh, some, um, you know, scientists and researchers, MDs, PhDs, MD, PhDs uh, together. Um, and it, it comes down, as I've said many times, comes down to kind of a political uh, divide, uh, whether people are uh, going to listen to um, reason or to, you know, potential discussion of, of reasons uh, or not. And somehow, you know, if you uh, have the car keys, uh, you don't necessarily want to discuss or debate uh, with your teenager or even, you know, worse, say your 12-year-old about using the car. You have the right to the car and the car is only your decision and those car keys are, are yours. 
and and this kind of uh, kind of parental authority is great when you're the actual parent and when the kid is an actual kid but you know i i see a lot in medicine in general this uh, kind of parental um you know what's the you know it's in south park uh they have um you know i think one character you know gets high smelling his own flatulence um you know there's a certain uh, kind of aura um that people have when they are in in charge and and they become you know the the locos parentis the local parents but they also become loco uh, parentis they become crazy parents and uh the way they take over um and and can't ever be wrong you know there's certain parents who will make a rule and it's like i why is that because i said so and and that can work short term but it won't work long term you'll alienate your kids uh, your kids will run away they won't uh, attend to you in your dotage um you know or visit and so forth you want uh, you know, happy family, you have to contribute and you have to be somewhat flexible and you have to listen and occasionally acknowledge that you were wrong. Uh, we have not seen that with our parents, our parental figures. And they've really, you know, I hate to say gotten away with murder. I think to a certain extent, they have gotten away with uh, potential negligent manslaughter. Um, in the case of the nursing home, uh, recycling of, of cases, um, you know, when they were ill in the early phases of, of COVID. Um, in you know various parts of the Northeast, including uh, one of our HHS uh, eminaries, uh, luminaries, um, Dr. Levine, and you know the Cuomo and Governor Wolf and all this other you know Governor Murphy and whatnot, who uh, pretty much follow the same thing. Uh, for what reason? I have no idea. It, it becomes um, something that people do because that's what people do, and they can never go back, and they can never uh, you know kind of work out any. Uh, you know, type of, of uh, retrenchment or, or revision of their ideas. You know, I, I'm wearing a tie uh, today. I, I often wear a tie, but uh, today I'm wearing a tie. It's a kind of a tie I can't really wear to, you know, many places because it's pretty outrageous. It's got uh, Albert Einstein on it. It's, it has kind of make-believe equations along with one real one, E equals MC squared. And I put this tie on tonight because uh, along with other memories aside from my dreams, um, I, I remembered my mother's... Um, story um which is more than a story in actuality uh her parents were friends with uh, gustav bucky who was a um, uh, german-born physicist um and radiation expert um i think born in the uh, you know 1870s um and he came over here in the you know 1923 or so and went back to germany to do more work and then the, the nazis came and uh, he uh, was Jewish, the family was Jewish, and they came back to the UN United States uh, in the early 30s. Um, and, you know, through his physics uh, work, I guess, or in general, uh, he befriended Albert Einstein. And when Einstein left Germany in, I think, 1933 um, for the United States to pick up a job at uh, Princeton's Institute for Advanced Studies uh, in Physics, uh, he uh, befriended uh, uh, Dr. Bucky. Uh, who had a place in, in New York City, I believe, um, you know, near Central Park. I think, uh, I'm not sure it was the east side or the west side. Um, but my my grandparents were friends with the Buckies. Um, my grandparents had uh, come over, well, my grandfather, anyway, it's a long story, but you know, they, they, they were uh, of that same uh, age and ethnicity, and they had, you know, mutual friends, and a lot of uh, people had been leaving from uh, Germany um, you know, Jew, Jews uh, fleeing the Nazis and so forth. Um, and um, my mom uh, would walk uh, Albert Einstein around Central Park. She, she was um, 
born in 1921. And uh, in her teen years, uh, you know, Albert Einstein was, I guess, at that point, uh, uh, he was probably in his 50s, uh, late 50s. And um, you know, he just, he liked, he liked walking around with pretty girls if he could. And um, I think it was all pretty sedate. Um, but he took around the park and, and I don't know, there's no real point to that story, except I, I found a couple pictures of, of it and I'm going to show you. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm bringing it up because uh, Albert Einstein was a genuine scientist and he, he was more interested in the truth than, uh, than taking charge. And, um, you know, and when he saw, you know, power grabs, he, he fled. You know, so he, he fled the Nazis and he uh, tried to seek out something else. And he was more interested in the ideas wherever they might go than the politics thereof. Uh, could he have accrued power, um, you know, uh, and, and gone, you know, taken his atomic ideas on a political basis? I, I don't know whether it was propitious. Certainly there was, you know, governmental interest in a lot of his thoughts uh, in, in developing, um, you know, the Manhattan Project, nuclear weapons, so forth. He, he demurred uh, from joining that. Uh, he was, you know, kind of his older stage at that point, I think he was, you know, in his early 60s, which was kind of an older, older age than it is potentially now. Um, but anyway, uh, so I bring it up because I think there's, you know, different kinds of science and there's the science of, of letting knowledge occur. Science is, not, you know, the same word as knowledge. Um, and, and then there's kind of applied uh, power, uh, which masquerades as science. And I think we've seen a lot of that. And, and China... Uh, similarly to what we might have seen here, is kind of the super parent. Uh, it might even be the parent of some of our parents. Uh, from what we've seen, there's been so much uh, covering of what, when I say covering, covering up of what China uh, propagated uh, with the uh, uh, coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 as it were, but in, in general, it was the Wuhan flu or the Wuhan, um, uh, and really it should have just been called SARS because you know it, the original SARS, as we say, it was 2003 and it went away, but it was also kept in the laboratory. And th this was not necessarily anything like a novel virus, it was SARS. And, and you know, not every child looks like its parent and viruses mutate over time. You can't keep that one virus necessarily unless you have it frozen and whatnot. But if it's gonna be you know, kept in, in uh, animals and so forth, it's gonna keep mutating. Um, so there might be some you know, slight differences. I think there's uh, maybe a 65, 75% overlap you know, genomically between uh, current COVID-19 SARS, uh, COVID-2 and 2003's SARS. Um, which had its problems, you know, we didn't really get the magnitude of it. There was not at the same level of, of travel from China uh, in 2003 as there uh, has been in the succeeding decades uh, with China's uh, kind of greater, you know, adoption of, of, um, of money-making, uh, we'll call it kind of crony capitalism or, you know, at least not communism. Um, so they've had kind of a booming economy of sorts, I think more towards the upper classes than, than you know, filtering down to the lower. And this has brought, you know, I think for the most part, good to the world because uh, there've been a lot of products given um, and made and so forth. And people have been able to, you know, have a lot of the, you know, smartphones and so forth that we mentioned earlier um, at lower prices and whatnot. But it also comes at, a, at an expense. You know, a lot of it is, you know, potentially and probably uh, created through uh, misuse of labor, um, you know, actual slave labor, prison labor. And, uh, and this kind of like domineering aspect that China has uh, towards its economy, it's, you know, kind of a crony command capitalism, uh, 
you know, it has some aspects of the communism, you know, part insofar as there's, you know, autocracy and people uh, leading from above. Um, and, uh, uh, and one of my uh, um, uh, respondents here writes zero COVID. Yes. The, uh, you know, so what they, what they've done is zero COVID. They're also into other zeros. They're like zero, um, you know, uh, debate, zero uh, uprising, zero this and that. And a lot of, uh, you know, 2003 SARS most likely had the same aspects that we're seeing now. I'm just going to kind of go over uh, a few things uh, regarding this. Um, I, I don't think it was summarized any, I don't think it possibly could be summarized better um, in a short amount of uh, words than it was by um, one of my favorites at the Wall Street Journal, Holman Jenkins. So I'm going to just uh, head over and, and, and read his article, um, if I can uh, manage that. Uh, let's see. Is the computer being friendly to me? Okay. Uh, let me just take a second here. So I apologize. Um, let me find the Holman Jenkins article. So um, I'm going to bring it up. Do, 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 do. Uh, so I am not being extra great on the computer today. Or the computer is maybe not being friendly to me. It's a little kind of uh, cold and freezing. So that is to say it's freezing up. So let me see if I can uh, share the screen with you and I apologize for the delay. Um, okay. Um, so here we have uh, Holman Jenkins. So uh, this is the article, uh, China turns um, COVID victory into defeat. And I think it's, it's a five minute read. So I'm going to just read it to you because I think he does a very nice job of it. The lockdowns can never end if the Communist Party uh, can't ad admit its people uh, will be infected. Um, so here's a medical worker in protective suit who walks past a line of people waiting to take tests in Shanghai. What exactly is the function of, zero, of China's zero COVID lockdowns, which individually and cumulatively now are far bigger than even the Wuhan lockdowns in early 2020, when the disease was poorly understood, treatments hadn't been identified, and vaccines were still months away? The current lockdown in Shanghai and a recent relaxed one in Shenzhen forced 43 million people to remain in their homes and rely on government food deliveries. Think on that, government food deliveries. And we're going to show some pictures of this. There, the, the, these were the biggest shutdowns the country has yet tried, aimed at two vital entrepôts of the global economy. Uh, it's a French word, you know, kind of, I think refers to entrepreneur, you know, uh, enterprise. Uh, the data China publishes are hard to make sense of. Daily reports indicate upwards of 95% of cases discovered in relentless mass testing have been asymptomatic. So they're just testing the hell out of everybody and they find some positives. And I mean, that may not, you know, because of Bayes' theorem, uh, Bayes, you know, the, 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 a lot of these are probably inconsequential and false positives. Anyway, of the 130,000 or so cases, this out of 43 million reported in Shanghai since March 1, 5,000 were said to be, have been serious enough to require medical treatment. Not necessarily hospitalization, but medical treatment. 5,000 out of 43 million, do the math. Two people reported to have died, two out of 43 million. Government officials say the ratio applies nationwide. Why lock down for a disease that is so mild? The puzzle is both nagging and urgent given damage to China's and the global economy over disease that is cold-like, not even flu-like in most cases. One theory, breed, even on Chinese social media, is that the government is bending over backward whatever the cost, to preserve a zero COVID talking point that Xi Jinping has adopted as proof of the superiority of Chinese governance. Just ponder that. <laughs> like, as if this is some badge. This is not science. Um, this is some weird kind of 
perverse politics. And uh, the, al the alternative explanation is that China's leaders are still genuinely terrified of a potential healthcare meltdown. Though 90% of its citizens have been vaccinated, 40% of 80 year olds have yet to receive a shot. 27 million of the most vulnerable people in Shanghai, a city of 26 million, if Omicron were to spread as rapidly as it did through some highly vaccinated Western populations, the result might be COVID patients and others dying for want of care in a jammed up broken hospital system. I actually don't, I, I kind of dispute that. I think Omicron is so mild. It's basically a cold, but we've had colds forever and this has never overburdened the system. This would shower disgrace on the Chinese Communist Party and Mr. Xi, who in his eagerness to be the next Mao, <laughs> be careful what you wish for, has made himself the locus of all responsibility and therefore all blame. And yet the logic is inescapable. At some point, the risk must be taken because there's no other way to escape the zero COVID trap. Add the fact that vaccine protection wanes and the question pointedly, and I'll, I'll come back to this perhaps, I'm not sure this is really the issue. I think the issue is that this is an older vaccine for COVID-19, while Omicron is basically COVID-21. And, and it's, it's just far, it's just not that closely related to COVID-19 anymore. And the question pointly becomes, if not now, when? Is Beijing holding out for the day when 1.4 billion Chinese can be hooked up to a continuous vaccine drip? By every report, Shanghai healthcare is already strained by a government requirement that anyone testing positive and their close contacts be hospitalized or more recently placed in a special quarantine facility staffed with doctors and nurses. Exhausted medics are standing guard over tens of thousands of healthy patients who have nothing to do but share their aggravation on social media. Another problem has finally begun sneaking out of the corner of Chinese officials' mouths. 24 months of zero COVID propaganda has caused millions of Chinese not only to exaggerate COVID's deadline, uh, deadliness, but to be on the edge of panic about potential lockdowns, having heard repeated reports of hunger, missed medical treatments, and the inability to bring help to loved ones. So we're left with a perplexity. Is China telling us it has failed and cannot succeed at protecting its healthcare system as the West has done by vaccinating, by shielding the most vulnerable, and so permit zero COVID to end? Or is the Communist Party trapped itself in a double bind because it made a national trophy out of not allowing transmission to happen and now can never allow trans transmission to happen as part of a sensible endgame. Shanghai's eight-day lockdown recently was extended indefinitely. And then what? Some 26 million people will be as vulnerable as they were when it started. And this we've talked about over and over again, why Sweden did the right thing and pretty much every other country did not. A lesson the West has learned Omicron will spread even in fully vaccinated and boosted populations. The description that Shanghai may never get closer to fitting than it does right now. The irony is more than sad. It's a diagnosis of authoritarian madness. Here we got the, really the basic title. Holding off COVID spread for two years while vaccines and treatments were developed should be a great achievement. The trophy should be going on the shelf by now. An appreciative public should be returning to normal life, reconciled to a now tamed basically self-attenuating a milder new coronavirus. The sane outcome may be impossible because the regime has caused its zero COVID ideology to morph into something insane. If transmission must be suppressed and anything else to defeat, then the Communist Party has set a game for itself in which no victory is possible. And that uh, appeared last um, Saturday over the weekend. Um, just to kind of go over the numbers here, uh, <laughs> these are I think a little bit absurd. Uh, we're talking about a country of, what was it, 1.4 billion 
people, something of that order, maybe a little bit higher, 1.6, maybe 1.9. I've got to check the population. I don't know, um, but a lot, <laughs> you know, easily uh, say five times what we have in this country. And here they're talking about coronavirus cases uh, on the order of 100,000 and, uh, you know, death total in the entire country, 4,000. Uh, so I, I, I think this is not to be believed fully. Um, and and uh, who knows? I don't think they're, they're really in the business of, um, of, of telling the truth. Uh, I think they see it as a stain of some kind of, of their, you know, damage their infallibility. And when you're working under illusions, like trying to tame ice, uh, you're going to have issues. You're going to just kind of go nuts uh, trying to do it. So here are the daily new cases, supposedly back in January 2020, a tiny, tiny blip, 5,000 cases, and now a tiny, tiny blip. So they're trying to keep cases down. I mean, you know, in their favor to for, for credibility. Um, they are acting kind of weird and crazy about these small number of Omicron cases. I just don't believe that they had zero cases anywhere else in the country that size with, you know, the level of, of uh, transportation that currently exists. Um, so here, here we have the total coronavirus deaths in China. So it's kind of leveled off. So, so even with the cases now, I mean, this is, you know, even according to their kind of crazy uh, system of, of computing or allowing things to be computed, they're saying basically there've been no more deaths. So so why is this something you'd want to pursue? I have no idea. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the images coming out are really horrifying. Um, I, I recommend you go to this thread here. Um, this is um, uh, Donna Wong HK. Uh, so it's Donna 3.0, but that, this is the, the handle, Donna Wong HK Hong Kong. And uh, the first one I saw of hers uh, was this, and I, I hope you can um, see and hear it as well. Um, so I'm going to fast forward a little bit. This is this is the high rises that are the residential areas in Shanghai, and they're just loads and loads and very highly dense place. People are screaming out their windows. This is you know, kind of like the scene from Network, I'm not going to take it anymore. This is days after days of, of being held in, you know, locked into their apartments. And you should see what happens if you disobey. So she writes, have you ever heard the beast's cry of communism in the jungle? I, I can't imagine why there are only five retweets of this. Uh, so I recommend you go find her status here. And then so I'm going to pause this, um, but uh, uh, here, here's another thread from the same, um, so I think we'll go backwards, uh, kind of come to the bottom here first. Um, so people are being kept in their apartments. Here they have this quasi-patriotic thing. People... Uh, are waving the, the Chinese communist flag, um, you know, mini parade outside one of these apartment houses. Uh, this does not look necessarily as if people are spontaneously happy and uh, they're showing kind of the force of their medical rule. Here's perhaps a, a, a better uh, example of the force of medical rule. Somebody who's not paying attention well enough and I suppose they're gonna, you know, apply some extra sense and sensibility to him. Um, and uh, he's trying to get away uh, unsuccessfully and they beat him some more. Uh, this is your medical team. 
Fortunately, they're wearing, uh, you know, sanitary looking suits, but it's done right outside the playground area of one of these high rises. Um, uh, children are being taken away from their parents. Um, this is uh, where people are kind of being kept, not, you know, quite concentration camp, but you're being in the, kept in these huge quarantine areas. Uh, I don't know what people are thinking. This is if you come up positive with a test. And this is, you know, this is recent. This is like just days ago. Uh, we're not looking at 1939 you know, or um, uh, 1942 or whatever, um, uh, you know, the Nazism that, that Mr. Einstein, Dr. Einstein fled. This is people being uh, put into a quarantine bus to go someplace. Um, you don't know if you're going to um, go or stay there and, you know, what's going to happen next. Um, I'll turn the sound off. But, you know, you follow... And here, here she writes, uh, Chinese people like kneeling very much, or so it seems. Uh, I don't know why. And so this is a, a street. Uh, people are, you know, being forced to show, I don't know what, testing results. And I, I have no idea. But they're stopped in the middle of the street uh, by the, uh, you know, the, the police, the health police, whatever. This is uh, scary stuff. Uh, this is the government feeding you, by the way, uh, except not. You know, the government workers are getting paid to, you know, they, they get paid the same amount whether they deliver the food or they don't deliver the food. So the food just kind of is sitting. Uh, this is they're just throwing it, you know, going to be garbage. Basically, here you see, um, you know, the same kind of health uh, wrapped workers uh, uh, throwing away uh, food while the people in the buildings are are um, are going without and and in, in hunger. Uh, this is this is going on in a modern ish society, uh, major city. You know, dwarfs New York City by comparison. Our largest city, um, metropolitan area, is probably half this. Uh, maybe not quite, but maybe you know, depending how you count. Um, talking about huge areas that are going to be fed while you know people sit passively in their rooms like uh, zoo animals. Um, here's kind of the the point of a gun. Um, the police are wearing the same kind of health worker uh, clothing. Uh, here is a college student. Um, um, who uh, um, is, he had something on, um, uh, what's that, WeChat or something like that, their version of, um, of um, you know, Snapchat or whatever, or, you know, one of their communication social media, and they, they found him, and, and uh, you know, they're going to, um, basically, I'm going to fast forward this a little bit, but they, um, you know, they, they, they think he did something on the web, he's in the WeChat group, um, and they're going to do something to him. They take him away, they beat him, all this kind of stuff. This is uh, uh, what you're looking at. Um, this is kind of the, the you know, result of how people are feeling and acting. Um, so this, people are, I've seen a longer video of this. People are jumping and killing themselves. They can't take it anymore. Um, and unlike Albert Finney, um, they're not just yelling. They're, they're literally jumping from buildings. Um, this is, you know, not 9-11. Uh, nobody's attacked them except their own government potentially and keep them locked in and trapped as, as, as uh, you know, I don't know, prisoners, animals. Um, um, and, uh, you know, to do this now when, you know, we're on a version of Omicron that's, you know, essentially equivalent to the common cold is, uh, is advanced lunacy and um, um, horrible. You know, they, they when during the era of Mao, they call everyone, you know, running pigs and and all these kind of names. The, the, what they're doing here is um, 
uh, worse. People are starving. Uh, these are the only foods that people are getting, some vegetables. It's not going to really sustain you very much. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just incredible. I mean, Shanghai is a great city. Uh, it's, I think China's, um, you know, historic co city of commerce. And it was a city that was, you know, rather acculturated. Um, it had a huge European um, um, presence in the uh, early 20th century. Uh, a lot of history there. And people have congregated and come there. And this is the way they're being treated. This is not some out-of-the-way place. It's a major, uh, one of the world's major cities. Um, this is kind of a sad, 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 sad thing. Uh, I mean, for some reason, you know, always uh, people, you know, can see kind of death and mayhem in war and whatnot. But but it's, it's somewhat encapsulated, encapsulated or by, by seeing what people do to animals, to helpless animals. So the cats and dogs of the city are being uh, grouped and taken away and presumably killed, you know, as ostensibly as they're, um, you know, potentially carriers of coronavirus, which I don't think is well proven. And here's uh, dogs being handled uh, the similar way. Um, this dog is, is yet alive, but I think he's uh, been drugged. Certainly he's in pain. He's trying to get rid of this clasping item here. Uh, very little luck. He winds up in the trash with these other dogs. Um, it's just horrible. Um, and here the troops are coming in, and that leads to uh, one of her other posts here. Um, actually, I, I took that back. But you know, so the the, the um, uh, you know the PLA, the People's Liberation Army, is coming in to invade Shanghai. Uh, sad, sad stuff. Um, I I. Uh, I don't really know where to go with that um, and everything else. I mean, there are other things happening in the world of COVID, but I think it, it would you would do well to uh, pass this message along and um, and and bring it to uh, others um, to share this. So I'd appreciate it if you could just uh, you know, kind of go along and and uh, bring our words uh, to others. Um, maybe I'll try to end on a slightly more uh, hopeful. Uh, note, uh, something I just found recently. Let's see if I can find it here. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to just add this to the stream. This is, um, um, as I was saying, uh, I, I only just found this recently. I mean, the internet's a wonderful thing. Uh, this is in the um, Edith Griffinger portal of the Leo Bake Institute. Um, and here it is, Albert Einstein with Gustav Bucky, uh, Frida uh, Sarson Bucky, she, I guess, uh, wrote um, musicals and um, theater pieces and whatnot. And this, this is very redolent of my uh, grandparents' age and um, not, you know, a little bit kind of their stylings. Uh, the, you know, I'm sure people look back at some of the things we wear uh, later on. This is uh, Dr. Bucky and this is um, Dr. Einstein. Um, and there, I'm not sure where they are. It looks kind of suburban, um, but having a good time, I guess. And then the uh, next picture is just the two of them. Uh, looks like the same uh, venue, just different picture. Uh, Dr. Bucky uh, kind of factors into my life a little bit because uh, I had in my medical office, we had, um, you know, a regular x-ray, uh, do chest x-rays. And there's a thing called the Bucky plate. It's actually the Bucky Potter plate, uh, but he worked on... Um, uh, the way x-rays are propagated, and he tried to basically, uh, how would you 
put it. Uh, it's a full, it's kind of a filter by getting rid of the splay of, of particles. You can get a more uh, precise picture. So we always had a Bucky plate on the x-rays. Um, what else? Um, getting back to China a little bit. Uh, you know, revealed lab leak denier was privately telling colleagues it's possible that it came from Wuhan. I frankly think it's highly unlikely it didn't. But why has everyone kind of been going along with a regime that is at base like this? Um, I don't know. Oh, there's one other thing here I think you should see uh, before I go getting back to China. Um, uh, this is uh, uh, great, great science um, brought to bear. Um, so what they have is a robot dog uh, moving along the abandoned streets, telling people to stay at home and obey the COVID. This actually is from Boston Dynamics. Uh, this, I think they're, invent they're, the, they're the inventors uh, making health announcements. So this is the world. Uh, if you want to get into this world, you want this world to come to us, um, you know, Keep, keep voting people in who see COVID as, as means to some other end. Uh, we have our own different kind of zero COVID. I think uh, we've manipulated COVID into changing election rules and the way uh, ballots were put in. We've always had absentee ballots, you know, as far as I, my entire memory of voting. I'm not sure when they were instituted. Um, and there was ne not necessarily need for widespread mail-in ballots, everybody to make uh, the ballot uh, become a little bit like our dollar, you know, inflationary and over uh, printed. Um, anyway, I think we're going to end potentially with that. Um, let's see if I can go to some of the comments uh, from tonight. Um, yeah, horrific. I agree. Um, so I hope my, my sound came back and uh, I'm going to end the broadcast tonight. If you have any questions or comments, please let me know. I'm going to end uh, perhaps with a couple of words of uh, self-promotion. Um, I have my book, Overturning Zika up on Amazon in the Kindle version. I'm working on the uh, paperback and hardcover paper versions uh, right now. There's a lot of formatting stuff to do. Um, and uh, there's a potential that I might have a, a separate publisher for those uh, remains to be seen. I have an article coming out in the Washington Examiner uh, on Monday, April 18th, um, about the missing Zika vaccine and the fact that, uh, you know, the along the lines of what Dr. Fauci has promoted, uh, we are going to be infecting Americans with Zika uh, right now. I think they might already be underway in uh, Johns Hopkins uh, Institute uh, for, uh, uh, I think, uh, vaccine research uh, with one Dr. Anna Durbin at the head. So there's an article going over that about why we're doing that, whether there's any real purpose or reason to do that. I mean, if, if the Zika virus is a dangerous thing, then it's kind of, uh, you know, uh, crazy to infect people in the United States with it, but the potential of mosquitoes cross uh, infecting other people or, you know, potential sexual transmission. If Zika is not a dangerous item, then why are we doing this? You know, vaccine research has moved uh, quite a bit ahead uh, in the intervening six or seven years. So I don't think we need to uh, be pursuing this aside from the fact that they had a grant to do it and the money's maybe burning a hole in their pocket. Of course, that'd be cynical to say that. So I wouldn't be the one to say that. You'd have to maybe read into that. Um, and uh, what else? Um, so I'm trying to you know, get the word out on, on Zika, uh, because I think it's a, a interesting capsulization, excuse me, um, of all of the things that public health can do in the interest 
of some of their own interests rather than necessarily the interests that you might have uh, for your own health. So let's not confuse the two. Uh, we have to figure out some different ways. Uh, we've seen a lot of governments fail in, in different aspects um, uh, in the way they uh, act, you know, act as part of their bond uh, with uh, you know, their citizens. I think we've seen failures in Canada, uh, Australia, New Zealand, places that you know, we think are our you know, sweet friends and so forth and their democracies that were um, but democracy in and of itself is not enough. It has to have an active, active populace and there have to be a set of rules, basically a Republican form of government where people follow the rules. Um, so, you know, democracy, uh, you know, is, is three, three wolves and a sheep voting on what, what's for dinner. And so, if the, you know, if you only have democracy without any uh, statutory basis uh, to keep it in check, then you have trouble. And I think uh, our founders uh, knew that. Um, and, uh, you know, we've, we've basically, are, we're sort of not doing that great, but we're doing better than many other places in that regard. So uh, there you have it. Let me see if I can read any of the last comments here. Uh, thanks. As usual, Dr. Bach, um, I appreciate that. And uh, if you can pass it around and share that, I'd certainly uh, appreciate that myself. So have a good night. I'll talk to you uh, when I talk to you. Have a good one. Bye-bye.